morning, church. Um, for those of you who are new this morning, we want to welcome you. Haramai, thank you for being a part of our family this morning. Um, Joe and Lydia are away, but Vernon with the hat back there, he's our, our elder. Good man. Awesome. Okay, um, so just before we start today's sermon, what I want to do is I just want to slightly go over um, what happened in last week's service. Um, so for those of you who, who weren't here last week, so what happened is realistically I suppose the Holy Spirit came like he does every week, like he's here today, but he actually took us in a direction that we weren't uh, expecting. Um, so I've just got a couple of notes here, nothing major, I've asked Alan or um, Vern if they want to jump up and say something, um, by all means come in. Um, so normally this is how church works. Church, there's a structure to church. There's a, there's a singing element or a worship element. There's the word element, which is this. Um, there's a tithing element. Um, there's an eating element. And there's a kids element. So there's all these parts, and that's, that's church. Um, I'm not telling you something you don't know. I'm telling you what you already know. The down, what can be a downside to that is, is, is that what we can do is, because this is what normally happens, is we walk into the church with our mindset of how church is. And so when that plays out like that, then we're okay and we're quite comfortable because we know there's a worship, there's a singing part. We know that there's a tithing part. We know that there's a word part and an eating part afterwards. And so because we're human beings, our minds comprehend that and we're okay with that. Um, and I don't know whether, I mean, let's be honest, okay, and we all know that church finishes at 11.30 and about 11.25 must be some of us in the room who start looking at our clock because our expectation is, is actually church will finish at 11.30. Does that make sense? So what happens and what happened last week, and we don't want to build an altar around what happened last week because that's come and gone and today is a new day. All right, but what happened last week is, is actually God mucked around our structure and that didn't, didn't pan out like a singing, a word, and et cetera, et cetera. What we need to do and what the leaders of this church need to, to be aware of is, is that, one, it's important to have, have a structure so we're not throwing the structure out. But two, and what the leaders are aware of in this house is, is that there are going to be um, times when actually the Holy Spirit's going to go in a direction that we didn't plan for. And we need to be okay with that. And we've got some really good leaders that are allow the Holy Spirit to come and do that. Not all churches allow that to happen. So what we need to do is, is, is that understand that when the Holy Spirit comes, because that's not a one-off. That wasn't, okay, well, this is our 2018 um, Holy Spirit, we're dropping, we've done that. God doesn't tick a box and go, cool, we don't have to do that again until next year. All right, God will do it whenever he wants to do it. But what we need to understand is, is, is that not just leaders, but we as a family, as brothers and sisters, that we need to be open to that. And we need to come prepared that actually, you know what, the church service today may not go as I think it should go. And we need to be okay. And, and when I say we need to be okay is because one of the nicknames that the Holy Spirit, uh, Spirit has is this. He's called a comforter. And the only way that the Holy Spirit can be a comfortable, comf, excuse my English, a comfortable, blah, blah, to me, I know, but you understand what I'm saying, is, is actually if I'm uncomfortable. How can he be my comforter? There you go. All right. Unless I'm actually in a position where I'm uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Okay? Okay. So, 
I just want to encourage us, family, is that we, what we need to do is we just need to be open-minded that actually this is not a man-run church, even though we've got elders, etc., and leaders. All right, this is actually a, a God-run church, and that this church is actually open to what God wants to do. If we can come with that mindset when we get a, a, a service like that that happens, then actually we're going to be freer because we're going to be, okay, I'm okay with this. I get this. It's one of those Holy Spirit messy times. And as the word would say about the Holy Spirit, you can't control him because he goes wherever he wants to go. So if he wants to blow, because they, they, you know, the, the Bible uses him as a wind, if he wants to blow in that direction, then we can't stop him from blowing in that direction. We can't go, actually, you actually don't fit my mindsets or my theology of what I believe, so therefore you can't do that. Because he'll do that anyway, and what will happen to you is you'll miss out. What, we, and what God requires from us is, is, is that actually the connection that is made in our spirit with the Holy Spirit, that we go, the Holy Spirit is over there, I'm going that way. I don't know what he's up to, but I know that I trust God, that he loves me, that this has to be good for me because he's a good father. Does that make sense? Um, let's see. <clears throat> so one of the things that um, you might find is, is, is that when you're new to that, you could be find that you're sitting there and what you're trying to do in your mind, because remember, we have, a, we have a mental picture of how church is. We come in, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit's decided to do something different that's playing with our mind, that's messing our mind up. What we normally do, and it's just human nature, is, is actually we, we activate our minds to work out what's going on. And the problem with that is, is, is it's actually really quite difficult to get your mind around the Holy Spirit. So what then can happen is, is actually we're missing out on what God's wanting to do because we're sitting there trying to work out in our heads what's going on. Does that make sense? And the only difference between those that are newly walking in the house and those that have been, have been in the house is, is actually those that have been in the house for a little while just have a little bit more experience. They're not loved. They're not more anointed or than anybody else. Does that make sense? So if you're new and you get in a, in a situation like what happened last week, the, what I want to encourage you is don't turn this on and go, hang on, I need to work this out so that I can get in, on board. I want to encourage you to do this. Just check with your spirit. Am I okay with this? And if you're not, then get out. <laughs> I mean that because, you know, I don't know for whatever reason. But if you can check with your spirit, and if your spirit's connected to the Holy Spirit, then you'll probably find that, actually, I don't know what's going on, but this feels good to be a part of because your spirit is identified. Does that make sense? Am I okay with that one, Alan? Okay. Here's my. <clears throat> so um, a few things that did happen. See, so the Holy Spirit comes, and when we give him freedom to do whatever he wants to do, all right, different things erupt, okay? Um, <clears throat> and so one of the things that did happen was Cherry, she got up and she testified because she got healed. Healing comes. All right, but what, I, what, I, what we need to understand is healing doesn't just come in that moment. Healing can come in this moment. Healing can come today while you're worshiping God. Healing can come today while you're putting money in there. Healing can come today while you're actually having a coffee. It doesn't have to be a deep spiritual moment for your healing to come. But what you need to be on the lookout for is look out for it. Does that make sense? It was really great that Cherry, she gets up, she testifies that God healed her. And then the first thing that she wanted to do was, and she threw it out there and went, does anybody else need healing? Because this is exactly what we need to do. So that if at any stage, you know what, and you just go, excuse me, well, you know, it depends on who's preaching, and come up afterwards and grab, the, and, and grab the microphone, just say, God healed me. The first thing I would encourage you to do is then say, does anybody else want to be healed? Because what God doesn't want to do is just heal this person and not that, that person because that's not how God rolls. 
And so sometimes what it takes is for God to heal this person for it to be opened up to the rest of us. Does that make sense? The other thing was uh, Michelle had a word about balloon strings. Michelle's, oh, there you are. You're on the wrong side of the church, Michelle. All right. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Just technically, Michelle, that's an anointed sign. All right. Just, I'm just saying it. We love yous, but anyway. Um, sorry. Uh, let's see. Balloon strings. So what happened is, is, is that because God knew what, he, what, what sort of service that we were going to get into last week, and he pre-warns us, you know, as it says with two or more witnesses. So it's not like one person got in there and went, let's do this. All right. It was like God spoke to a few people and said, hey, be careful, be open, because this is what's going to happen. So what happened is, is that Michelle then got a picture, and in that picture, if I've got this correctly, is, is that she saw strings like on a balloon that were dangling down. Do we remember that? And so what that was, was actually God was giving out, because that's what he is. The word says God is a rewarder. He loves you. You are his children. He wants to reward you. And anybody who's got kids would know what that feeling is like to be a parent, to be able to give something to their children just because you love them. And then the word goes on to say, well, if that's what you are like and we are a fallen vessel, then just imagine what our Heavenly Father is like and what he wants to give. So when we get a word like that and you can trust the word or trust the person of the word, what I want you to do is, again, don't switch this on. Just switch your spirit on and grab. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I was, I was being greedy. I don't know why because there's strings there and God wants to give away. I don't know what I grabbed, but I do know this. When I walked out the door, you know, and a handful of strings. All right. What we don't want to do is we don't want to get a word that God's got strings because he's giving us away stuff that we're like, oh, yeah, okay, and then walk out without anything. I was once in, um, there's that, where's that store outlet, outlet no to only hanger? Thank you. Dress smart. And I was in the Nike sh shop looking for sales. And while I was in there, the guy gets on the microphone and he says, now such and such product has now been halved again. And I was like, wow, I'm in here at the right place at the right time to get a special. There was a special going on last week. You don't want to be that person that's standing there going, why is everybody rushing over there? And then you don't get any. So when God's giving out stuff, we just, we just need to receive. Because he's got the right gift for you. The other thing was, um, um, I'm sorry, Alan, Alan's, so Alan's word, sorry, <laughs> Alan's, Alan's word, so he had wisdom, all right, now you, you might have come to church and not really wanted wisdom, but this is my thing, like when you're in the shop, in the Nike shop, and they're saying there's a special going on, the smart ones would go, hmm, I'll go and have a look, so when Alan gets up and he says, man, I've got a word that God's giving out wisdom, and that was a really good word, I want to encourage you. Get up, grab it. Because surely you could, we, we, me included, could all do with more wisdom than the wisdom that we've got now. Does that make sense? What we don't want to do is we don't want to be those people that are standing there and then everyone's happy because they went there and they got the special and they're all gone and you can see the grins on their faces and everything else and you're still standing there going, I don't get anything. All right, God can't chase you. Yeah, we are mature. Yeah, all right. Do you guys, do you really want to add anything? No? Okay. So just a couple of things. Um, I got to catch up with Johnny last week because uh, Johnny's gone. Um, there was two things, um, and I thought, man, I, I'm, I'm jealous. One was Johnny says, I got drunk in the spirit. So I don't know how to explain that. Um, yeah, thank you, Alan. Cool. 
Um, I think the best way, like, I mean, I've, I, I grew up, like, not, not really liking all of this kind of stuff, like, when I was in church, like, when, when, like, the Holy Spirit would move, you'd be looking around going, like, is he really doing something, or are you just, like, acting a certain way, and all that kind of stuff, and I remember having, like, a lot of discussions and, like, arguments with people talking about whether it says you should be drunk in the Spirit and all that kind of stuff in the Bible, but the way that I see it, and the way that I would describe it biblically, if you would have, like, some sort of disagreement with the idea of being drunk in the Spirit, would be the fact that, Maybe in the Bible it doesn't talk about being drunk in the Spirit, but what it does say is that when the apostles had encountered the Holy Ghost, when they poured out of the, um, the upper room where they had been all touched by the Spirit and they were all out in the street, everybody thought that they were drunk by the way that they were behaving, but they had consumed absolutely no alcohol. So it's more like just a feeling, like maybe you've experienced being drunk before, not everybody here probably has, but like maybe you've experienced being drunk before and then you just get that feeling without consuming any alcohol, that euphoria, I guess would probably be the best way to ex- like to explain it when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you feel like you're not 100% in control of your body, like you just have that that feeling. It would be being intoxicated in the Spirit. Cool. Thank you, Alan. So talking to Johnny last week, uh, catching up with him, there was one thing that happened to him in his experience when he was nobody was praying for him. It just sort of like hit him there. And then the other thing, and I thought that was really cool, is, is that um, he went home that day and he was just praying for his family. And uh, he was praying using um, English language. And in the midst of it, actually, um, he, he began to speak in tongues. And nobody baptized him or anything else like that. So, um, yeah, so it just goes to show what can happen in a meeting like that, all right? So I just want to give a bit of understanding because sometimes, especially if you're new, you can go, what's going on here? You know, and just feel really apprehensive. Okay, all right, now that I've said that, gee, the room is really quiet. We're going to have a game. What we need to do is we need to break into groups of six. So you're going to mess your chairs up, okay? Messing, playing with your minds this morning. All right, so if we can gather in groups of six, then we're going to play a game. What we want to do is, um, okay, those yellow stickers, if you need more, please yell at me. What you want to do? Okay, what you want to do is um, you're going to grab your little yellow yellow piece of paper, um, if you've got a pen, or share the pen. What you want to do is you want to write a superhero on this yellow piece of paper, but what you want to do is when you write it is kahu. What you want to do when you write it is you want to make sure that nobody can see you writing it. Okay? And then once you've done that, just keep it hidden. When your whole group has written the name of a superhero on your on your thing, wave your arms up and I'll give you the next instruction. Okay, so you're writing a superhero on your yellow piece of paper and you're keeping it hidden so that nobody can see it. Hopefully they stick, because they're going to stick that name there. No, they don't stick. Hang on. I'm going to budget you today. Uh, oh, they might. No, they're going to fall off. So you've got to stick it somewhere. Yeah, you'll be like Vern and hold it somewhere. Okay. 
it. There's a name. Is this Sahuk? Sahuk. Okay. Then the idea is you can start anywhere you want to. You've got to guess what's the name on your sticker. Okay. You've got to guess what's the name on your sticker. Thirty seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, <laughs> five, four, three, two, and all right, that's us. Um, what I need you to do is just need to turn your chair around. Sorry, time's up. You're on, your group is too slow if you fit it, haven't finished. And just swing around so that you can see me. Um, if you guessed who your character was, come up and get a chocolate. It's your prize. Oh. <laughs> Only if you guessed your character correctly. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Oh my gosh, Bernie. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, people, for participating. Thank you for returning my pens. Don't go to pen. Don't go to hell because you stole my pen this morning. It's not worth it. Just saying it's not worth it. Okay. Um, I, I guess I'll be honest, there's probably some of us who says, uh, who's probably thinking if Rob wraps up now, church this morning was awesome. <laughs> but no, there's something that goes along with this. Okay, so this morning, sorry, if I can have your attention, please, so you can get your money's worth, your chocolate's worth. Um, this morning, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about blind spots. Hence the piece of paper that was on your forehead if it's stuck. A blind spot is not a, a phrase that you will find in the Bible, but it is a principle mentioned often in Scripture. A blind spot is an area in our lives that has a negative impact on us that we cannot see. Like a blind spot when you are driving a car, a spiritual blind spot that goes ignored can also lead to massive wrecks in our life. Blind spots are character defects that hurt others and ourselves, but that we have yet to identify as real problems. Sometimes blind spots are not totally unknown to us, but the level of their dysfunction in our lives is undervalued and easily dismissed. 
God warns us through his word about blind spots and gives us tools to overcome these hidden sins that are hurting us in invisible ways. The Bible says that we are responsible even for sins in our blind spots. The temptation when talking about spiritual blind spots is that we can assume that they are excusable in the eyes of God. If we are blind to our sin, how can God judge us for it? Psalm 19, verses 12 to 13. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. The Bible says that we must ask to be cleansed over hidden sins and willful sins. Who can understand the error of their ways? This statement is not used as an excuse but rather as a plea for God's help. We know this because the next line says, cleanse me from my secret faults, or cleanse me from my blind spots. God must forgive us for our blind spots because we are always responsible for our own sin. So like David, we must be earnest in seeking God's help to expose in us what we cannot see in ourselves because whether we see our issues or not, we will suffer the spiritual and natural consequences of our sins. According to the Bible, only the Holy Spirit can show us our blind spots. Spiritual blindness is a huge topic in the Bible. If we boil it down just to the nuts and bolts, however, the Bible does go on to say that without the Holy Spirit, we are spiritually blind. 1 Corinthians 2, 6-16 and Luke 4, verses 18. Our spiritual blindness not only hinders us from seeing God accurately, it also hinders us from seeing ourselves properly. We think our sinfulness is not that bad and that our goodness is really better than what it is. Blind spots cause us to misjudge our sinfulness and thus we need the Holy Spirit's help in bringing biblical conviction to our lives. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. When the Holy Spirit is in our lives, there will be regular epiphany moments about our own issues. Suddenly we will see neg negative patterns in our character that have been there our whole lives. But without the Holy Spirit, we could not see those blind spots. And when that happens, we will wonder, how come I've missed this for so long? The Bible says we need other people to help us see our blind spots. Beth Moore, who's a Christian American woman, she says, Christian leaders who can't be regularly challenged will over time unhinge. Who gets to say to you or to us, you're getting bizarre if we only listen to those who think just like us? will never think we're wrong. If you and I can't think of the last time we were wrong, something is really wrong, and we're losing our grip on reality. The importance of having other Christians in our lives is, is that they can help us see in areas of our life that we are blind towards. We are responsible for repenting of our own spiritual blind spots but the Bible also says other people are crucial when it comes to actually identifying the flaws in ourselves that we cannot recognize. 
Psalm 139, 23, 24. Search light of the Holy Spirit. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful friends. Faithful, faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. James 1.19, humility to hear it. Proverbs 2, verses 1 to 6, trust to accept it. Do you have anyone to speak into your life about your blind spots? Do you take what they say seriously? Do you allow your leader to point out your blind spots? Let's recap. We will all stand before God and be accountable. So what happens is, is that when we die, we're going to stand before God one day. And if you're saved, if you've received the Lord Jesus Christ into your, into, your, into your life, and he becomes your Lord and Savior, when I stand before God, what I'm accountable for is I'm actually accountable not for my sins because they got dealt with. What I'm accountable for is I'm actually accountable for my actions, my good works. Yes, choice. So if I'm saved, am I accountable for my hidden sins? 1 John 1 9 says that he is true and just to forgive those who confess their sins. So if I know that I am purposely, um, I don't know, stealing, and I go to God and I say, forgive me, and I'm a Christian, then technically what happens is through the blood of Jesus Christ, that Jesus got doubt, he, he got the punishment for that, and I'm free from that. But if there is a blind spot in my life where um, I'm swearing um, and I don't repent of that, then when I stand before God, even though I am saved, then all of a sudden there's another side of the ledger going to come out because he's going to say, hey, because I didn't confess those as my sins, Jesus didn't forgive those sins. Yeah? And it's really just clear theology, clear thinking of how that works. <coughs> blind spots. <clears throat> it is through the Holy Spirit that these blind spots get revealed upon us to hidden sins. If we are truly walking, if we are truly Christians walking in what God wants for us, and you know what, we'll make a mess of it along the way, but if we are truly walking in that direction, then what will happen is time and time again, the Holy Spirit will go, you need to change this in your life. Oh, I didn't see that there. And if, I, if he truly is not just my Savior, but he's my Lord, then when that happens to me, I'm going to switch on and go, I need to change this in my life, whether it be a little thing or a big thing, because I've chosen him to be my Lord. Otherwise, if I choose to ignore that, then actually really hard to say, actually, he's my Lord. <clears throat> we need others in our lives to help us see our blind spots. I have a wife, and like most husbands, I'm assuming that wives are very good at actually helping husbands identify with blind spots. I also believe that actually husbands are very good at helping wives identify blind spots. There's two things that can happen there in that scenario that I felt experienced for myself. One was I dismissed the messenger because she was my wife.
The other thing is what I've learned over the, over the years is, is actually I need somebody that is outside of my wife or my husband to be actually able to identify blind spots. Because if myself and my wife, we think alike, then how can she see the blind spot on me or how can I see the blind spot on her that actually I need somebody outside of me to say, hey, Rob, I love you enough to say, do you realize that when you do this, this is not a good thing? Who are you accountable to? It's okay. I'm only talking to the Christians in the room. If you're not a Christian, you don't need to be accountable to anybody. So it's only the Christians in the room I'm talking to. <clears throat> so I just want to encourage you that maybe this is new to you and maybe you're thinking, actually, maybe I should find somebody that I need to be accountable to. All right? What I want to encourage you is, if you do need somebody like that, is find someone that doesn't think like you, doesn't see life like you do. Blind spots. Blind spots cause us to misjudge our sin. Have you ever, and I've done this, is ever, uh, have you ever said, hey, you know, I don't know if that's a really good thing, and they go, ha ha, yeah, I know. And they just carry on. And what they're doing is, is they're actually, without us realizing it, and when I've done that, what I'm doing is I'm playing God in my life, and I'm saying actually that this blind spot, which is a sin, because that's what it is, right, that this sin is acceptable, and I'm playing God in my life. And the reality is, is actually there's no sins acceptable. I don't know. Let me say that again, okay? All right? So, and I've done that, and I know that there are others in this room, not because I know you, just because we're human beings, all right? But I just want to say that again, is, is, is that have you ever had somebody come up to say to you, hey, you know what, that's not really a good thing that you're doing, and when they're saying it to you, they're talking in relationship to your relationship with the Lord, and have you ever sat there and said, yes, no, I know that, and sort of like smiled and went, ha, ha, like it's okay because you don't really want to deal with it? What I am saying to you is, is, is that you're playing God in your life, and you're saying to yourself that sin is acceptable. What I want to say to you is, is actually you are lying to yourself because sin is not acceptable. And that's okay because I'm only talking to the Christians in the room. So blind spots, they cause us to mis misjudge our sin. They distort our view of ourselves. Um, I was very privileged um, of the age that what happens is you have had a TV and um, it was there was no remotes. You actually had to move out of the chair and you went over and it had all these knobs and you turn these knobs and so what and then it had rabbit ears that was on the top and so <laughs> what happens was is that I mean like that's, <laughs> and you turn the rabbit ears because when you looked at the picture what was happening with the picture was was picking up something in the atmosphere but normally the picture kept going like this. All right, so what you did, and Michelle's laughing because she knows, so what you did is you actually turned these rabbit ears to the point where the picture would start to slow down, slow down, slow down, and then click, and it would almost like be the perfect picture. Yeah, because what you don't want to do is if you don't play with the rabbit ears, you don't want to sit there watching a distorted picture like this. Blind spots distort your picture. Blind spots distort your picture of who you are and who he is. They distort your picture. That's why God loves you. Loves you so much. He's saying, hey, tune the TV because you haven't quite got it right. And there you are sitting going, yeah, yeah. Or oh, there I am sitting going, yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. God's looking like, gee, you're dumb, moldy boy, because you haven't tuned, <laughs> tuned it in properly. And guess what happens when you tune it on properly? You're like, man, this is so much better. This is so much clearer. So, blind spots. It can distort your view of yourselves and of God. 
this, that's the end of me. I'm coming coming in, Nirvana, because you're leading. <clears throat> it's just like, oh, there's probably just a, what am I doing here? A couple of things. I just want to say, um, so what I've noticed is, is that there are some in this house that have had really great seasons. Um, God doesn't deal with years, so God doesn't go, cool, that's the end of 2018. Let's open up 2019. So God is a God of seasons instead of years. And what I want to say is, is that it's really noticeable that there are some in the house that have had really great seasons. I want to encourage you, if you want to walk from a, because God takes you from glory to glory, all right, that if you want to increase and have a, even a better season than what you've had in your last, in your last season, I want to encourage you, find somebody that you're going to be accountable for, for blind spots in your life. I guarantee you, your season will be better than your last. You'll still have your ups and downs. You'll still have those transformation moments. I also am aware um, that there could be people in the house that actually haven't had a really great season. And maybe you're going, yay, I can't wait for 2018 to close so that 2019 can be a better year. Again, God doesn't operate in years. He operates in seasons. And what I would like to say is if you're in that place where you think, hmm, 2018 wasn't really great, all right, maybe it's because you've got blind spots in your life. Then there's the third group. And the third group is those that are aware of blind spots. All right, and they think it's okay. Well, this is what I want to say, all right, and this is just from my own experience. If you are one in one, in one of those, I guarantee you that you've been having a frustrating time in life. If you're okay with that, then may the Lord bless your frustration and multiply it many times over. I don't know. I'm just saying. No, I'm serious, because if you, you're obvious, it's your choice. He put two trees in the garden. He's not going to make you choose the right tree. It's your choice. So if you choose to ignore the Holy Spirit or some loving brother or sister in Christ that says, hey, brother or sister, just want to share this with you. If you want to ignore that, may the Lord multiply your frustration because that's what you're choosing. I would encourage you because I love you and because God loves you. That's not where he wants you to be. He wants you to shift. And I, I'm going to end on that this morning. If you're having a great season, if you're not having a great season, maybe you didn't realize that you were playing God in your own life. To anybody out there that wants to have a better season than their last season, I want to encourage you. Find somebody. It is not just somebody that you're married to. Somebody that thinks differently to you. Don't have to be Joe or Vern. There's good men and women in this house. And just say, hey, do you love me enough to be able to pinpoint blind spots? Now, when I say that, what I don't want to do is I don't want to go into the kitchen to go, oh, do you know you got this and you got this? It's not what this is about, eh? You know, it's like, it's, oh, my gosh. And he's coming up. Hey. All right. But I just want to encourage you. Just find somebody to say, hey, man, speak into my life. Don't be afraid to go. Do you see something that I don't see?